Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Oh my gosh, I'm adopting a puppy right now. But I realize what's at home. Oh no, I have nothing. Well, except unconditional love. But yeah, no crate, no pee-pee pads, no dental chews for his little puppy teeth. Before I doubt myself as a new parent, I just get Instacart to deliver everything from PetSmart. Easy, just like raising a puppy is going to be, right? <sighs> get Pet Essentials from PetSmart with Instacart. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Never quit. Team never quit. Team never quit radio. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Don't buckle up, Buttercup. Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit Podcast. Hey guys, if you haven't already, follow us on YouTube. We are so close to hitting 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. That would mean the world to us if you could do that. If you haven't already, you can follow us on social media, Team underscore Never Quit, and pretty much every other platform we're out there as well. I think we're even kind of dabbling in TikTok. You know, slow to go, but you know, I think we're I think we'll get there. We've got some ideas, big big Dave, ideas. Are you on TikTok? <laughs> He's got a video out there. Do I? Yeah, you've got a video. <laughs> do I? Is there, do I? Yeah. I've never been on there. <laughs> it's that video with you and Caleb. Hey, look, it took me a long time <laughs> yeah, to get yeah, outside yeah. the pool, right? I kind of ease myself into things. Just, you know, I'll let all y'all, the rest of y'all run in there and see what happens. Right. Our kids would love to be the TikTok producers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I, I've been around a little while, so I kind of stroll in, you know what I mean? <laughs> see what okay. works, what doesn't. So what's our Patreon question? Patreon question is, what is one thing that instantly makes your day better? All right, well, I see my wife. Oh, you're so sweet. Brownie points. Brownie, Brownie, Brownie come points. On. You got him, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you're so sweet. That's good. I had no idea that question was coming, by the way. That's right. Me and him did not practice this before At we all, got right? here. That's right. Okay, just checking. Got his back. Thank you. Um, I need two witnesses on that, actually. <laughs> yeah, no. I second. Oh, I second. Too. Third. Yeah, second. Yeah, no, right there? Okay, great. Great, great, great. How about you, Caesar? For me, it's got to be my family, 100%. I, I just c- couldn't live without them, and every time I see them, it just 
it brightens my day. Okay, I feel like you outdid me there because you brought everyone into the whole folder. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? That's a great job, by the way. I, I, yeah, you know, that was. That, yeah, no, you did. <laughs> totally shine, by the way. Yeah. Totally shine in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Same. I mean, my family's everything to me. My husband and my kids. Um, even my... Sweet, she outdid me too. Did you hear that? <laughs> and kids. Get the kids. That's right, you let the kids Dang. out. Yeah. That's a roll. Y'all are so nice and sweet. Like, I'm thinking about, like, free snacks, free candy, an Amazon package. Of course you are, Those are Andrew. the things that brighten my day, okay? <laughs> wait, wait, serious? <laughs> yeah. When I get some really cool gear in in the mail and, like, I got a package with my name on it, because I don't get mail often, that brightens my day. Is it I'm more like, like a pleasure than a brighten? Maybe. Maybe so. I don't know for sure. You know sure, what I mean? Because that yeah. it goes away, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's quick. Well, then that's a pleasure. Okay. Well, then so I've got a nothing bright to your day means once you wake up and it's there. Should I be sweet? Should I be real sweet? It, when I see Kara, she brightens oh, my day. day. We're trying right. to teach you something here, son. Pay right. attention, yeah. All right. It's on, it's on Patreon. Oh, my god. It's on gosh. tape. <laughs> trying to help you. I've been trying, trying to coach him for, I don't know I've had this kid forever. <laughs> been longer than that. He's been in the family since the beginning. Oh, my gosh. That's great. All right. Uh, well, that is a great Patreon question. Hey, if you guys didn't know, you can go to patreon.com slash team never quit. That's where you can join us. You can ask your questions. You can hang out. You can get some bonus content, exclusive swag, all the fun stuff. But what you're here for is another incredible episode, and we've got one in store for you guys. Cesar Perez was an up-and-coming Hollywood actor. He starred opposite Daniel Radcliffe, yes, Harry Potter, and was experiencing exponential rise until a drunk driver hit him head-on and shattered his dreams. Through relentless support from his family and sheer determination, Caesar spends every day of, of his second chance at life striving to be the best possible version of himself. Welcome to the show, man. Ah, appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me on board. <laughs> man, you bet. You bet. Like I said, I got a file on you and everything, so it's uh, it's all official. But, it's all official. Uh, <laughs> thank you again for being on here. Yeah, yeah. So let's back it up. I mean, that's in a, early in life, you were successful. Back it up even further. That where do you come from? Let me yeah. just start with that. We like to get like a whole I, yeah, picture. I did that whole of picture everybody. of all this just just so everyone kind of get an understanding. And I need it yeah. from you. So I need to know where you're from and, and kind of how you grew up. Yeah, we'll get to the nitty gear, the nitty gritty. Um, <laughs> I was born in Santana, El Salvador, um, in 1993, and I, I think I was only there for three years, so I don't remember much. Um, but we came to the U.S. in 1996. Um, I think in El Salvador, we were just finishing up uh, a gruesome civil war. So my parents, yeah. you know, they wanted a better life for us. And there wasn't really an uh, environment to grow that back home. So we came to the U.S. and this country adopted us. And my mom always focused on making sure we were outstanding citizens in order to earn our rights to live here. And that's basically what we did all our lives. And because she always wanted to further her education back home. She made sure she put us in all the classes and we got all good grades and we were doing extracurricular activities. So um, they harp on that. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> I think she, we should uh, stress that. I've never I, I haven't seen otherwise and I very rarely hear otherwise the fact that that's not the case. Yeah. yeah Especially no. with the kids. They're like, and I mean, so much so they're like, you get your ass in there and you better learn to be thankful because we're here. I get that. For right? immigrant families. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, sure. especially because she wanted to further her education back home, but she never got the chance. So she made sure we got uh, like our hands on everything. So when we went out, like, for example, when I was in high school, I wanted to get, you know, into Spanish class because it would be a, an easy A, you know, I didn't want to. That's not really fair that y'all get to do that, by the way. I just yeah. I, I feel like all That's... the Spanish that I, we had to go through in high school. It was, you know, I didn't learn anything. Yeah, I'm going to ask you that right now. Did you learn anything in there? No, because she didn't let me take it. Oh, I had shit. to learn oh. French. Never mind. So <laughs> you had to learn French. Oh I had to learn French. And um, French. so now I, 
I'm trilingual, which is beautiful, you know, because she made me learn French. She put us in ASL classes, which is American Sign Language. I was I was learning trumpet, bass, guitar lessons. And it wasn't just me. It was my sisters learning piano, cello, violin, viola. And then we would go to art lessons and then French lessons. And then I would go to soccer. Um, so I, I'm, it was like another school day after she picked us up from school. Um, which at the time was rough. It was hard, but uh, that was literally what she wanted. And it's made us better for it. Like it opened so many opportunities. All right. I'm, I asked awesome. that too, because I'm raising kids. <laughs> so and every time I hear from from kids, they're like, hey, man, my mom pushed me. My dad pushed me. They were all over me. Maybe do this and that and the other. They always say, I'm thankful for it. Yeah. I never hear the other the other side of that. Right. There's no, oh, my parents, they didn't make me do anything. I'm so glad. I, I never hear that. So I was like, I wish <laughs> they would have made me do something. You feel yeah. the same way? No, I, I, I mean, yeah, like I, I, I'm thankful for everything yeah. she made us right. do. Yeah, and taking us, you know, down that path. Even though at the time, to be honest, like I, I wanted to just hang out with my friends. I want, I wanted to just go a party or whatever. But she always picked us up. It was heading to bass lessons, classical uh, guitar lessons. It was, and at the end of the day, you know, like I, I don't know where I'd be if she hadn't been like that with us, you know. So I'm grateful. I think Are your siblings the... like that too? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. In fact, my sister, she just had her her baby three years ago. Um, and she is already starting him in music lessons, oh. teaching him <laughs> violin and stuff. Because she realized the effect it had on us and realized how my parents uh, raised us. And she kind of wants that for her son. So it's kind of like now my parents had the blueprint and now she's trying to follow That's it. That's awesome. You know? I love that. Well, they, they leave out the part where it's like, hey, we want you to play these sports when you're young because when you get old, you won't be able to run and do it. Like, you're going to be busted up. Hardly get up out the bed. You know, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like, yeah, you won't be at a professional because there's only a, there's, those guys are spe- girls are special, yeah. right? So we get to have yeah. fun playing sports while you play when you're young because when you get old, you'll it have hurts. plenty of time to hang out with your friends. You'll have plenty of time. That's- that's true. That's true. You know what I mean? They don't ever yeah. say that, though. If, if you're logical, if they, I, I feel like back when I was a young kid, if my dad would throw some logic on me like that, I'd say, hey, look here, man, I'm just trying to hook you up. You know, yeah. get this done when you're a kid, because when you get older, you won't want to do it. Well, and learning yeah. anything, like learning a different language when you're older is almost impossible because your brain is so, you know, set in its ways. Like, for me, it is so hard to even learn Spanish and everyone around me speaks Spanish and I want to learn. I know all the words. I just can't I, I, yeah. put it in a sentence. Sure. The biggest scam is having Spanish class in school. Yeah, I have never yeah. run across one one person who's like, I learned everything. No, 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 no. I took Spanish You need to send them year. out in town to work with yeah. Spanish. Where you, it's all you do is hear it. And I made A's in all my Spanish classes because it was really just vocab words. Yeah, vocab, I know all like... the vocab words, but I don't know how to put it in a sentence. So, so like a conjugating it. Yeah, right. Like, I like hit me with the vocabulary letters. You know, don't, don't, don't come talk. at me with the. So our kids are fluent in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And... I made sure of that. Yeah, I made sure of that. <laughs> and yeah. like they have to translate for me. Yeah, it's hilarious. So it's our kid's got so... blonde hair and blue eyes. Looks like a white kid. <laughs> <laughs> but that sucker kid. knows his business and he can speak it. And he's got a little... Uh, he's got an accent. Like a, a Mexican his, his, accent Yeah, his first, his, Mexico. first yeah. His, his native tongue is Spanish. That's what we made <laughs> happen. Our nanny would speak it's Spanish. It's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I'm training him to be a James Bond ninja freaking Jason. I mean, he's going to be a badass. It's so funny because he will <laughs> translate... For us, he said he translated right. for somebody at the camp. Too. You can ask him to do it. He was like, "Oh, I don't know it." Yeah. And they know sign language, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. 
Uh, so dump as much when of that stuff young, in him as I can. can. Yeah, he picks it up you quick, can man. Soak up all the different yeah. languages and. For sure, for sure. I t- yeah. Another cool thing. The other day, the wife and I were out with a buddy of ours named JT, a military dude, kind of rough and tumble looking. You know, owns a everything other than you would think of someone who would play the piano, right? And we're wow. sitting, and we walk in here, man, he freaking sits down and starts jamming on that piano. And that was one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time, when, when someone does that. He's amazing on the piano. Yeah, when you, got a, when you got somebody who can just sit down and start ripping something down. Like, brings tears yeah. to your eyes, wow. kind I mean, of. It's, yeah. I thought that was one of the, the coolest things. I think things. we can say who it is. It's JT, did, JT. from Black Rifle yeah. Coffee. Yeah, he's, he is That's awesome. an yeah. amazing... Like, what? Pianist. I mean, he's yeah. so talented in so many ways. But anyway, getting off track. Okay, so your mom <laughs> was awesome, and she yeah. pushed you really, really hard. And yeah. did she get you into acting classes, or where'd you go from there? No, she didn't. Uh, and honestly, because she uh, she did, we came to the U.S. when we were very young, me and my sisters. So I'm the baby of the family. Oops. But they were still like what six, seven. Uh, Wait, uh, so how many? Out of three. So okay. I have two older sisters, and then I'm the last one in the family. Right. I'm the only boy. And then um, she, they never learned, they never practiced their English because they were like, you're going to learn Spanish and make sure, you know, we speak nothing but Spanish at home. So again, that kind of didn't allow them to perfect their English. So they still have a slight accent. It's gotten a lot better, but um, I guess it, it was just like their sacrifice to make sure we were bilingual and make sure we didn't lose like where we were from. But no, she didn't get me into acting classes. Um, I was doing music for a theater, for plays and everything. But I've always been passionate about storytelling, you know, from conception all the way to production and post-production, like, um, and marketing side of things. Like, there's always a message to get across, like a story I want to convey and bring to life. So I was, I was like, that's where I want to major in. So I majored in multimedia and design. I went to Georgia Southern on the full paid tuition for my academics. And nice. uh, from there on, I was just, sending my resume into like new productions that were coming into the East coast, like, cause Savannah was booming in, uh, in Atlanta for the film industry. And I signed up and they got me to be a senior designer for a few feature films. And then ironically, uh, for Beast of Britain, Wait, wait, oh, 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 you skipped over a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a second. Oh, wait a second. Back to something, man. So like in high school, were you a drama geek? Because I was. I, I'm not talking about on the stage. I'm talking about like I had to work in the back with the lights and the set and been like, yeah, right. Because you know, there's so much that goes into that, that, that world. Just to so produce much, something, so to entertain people, to entertain humans. Yeah. You know how hard that is? Yeah, it's ridiculous. But no, I wasn't on stage or doing the back production side of thing, like stage lights or anything. I was in the pit with like the musicians. Right. So you know, like during performances, I'd be playing the music. So I'd be part of the performance and the play, but I'd be in the pit. I wouldn't be on stage or anything. So when you decide to go to Hollywood, how how do you get you? They say your big break, right? Do you remember what that was? Uh, yeah. So I stayed in touch with one of the casting directors, uh, Chad, and. We were working on a film together. Um, it was called Beast of Burden, but I was doing the design production side of things because I had sent my resume in and uh, one of the set designers got in touch with me. She's like, we'd like to work with you. And so one night I was making uh, a fake passport for Daniel Radcliffe.
Yeah, good for you. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> no for the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, uh, Wait a second, are they good? How much you charge? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're, they're bombs. So I was like, wow. I could have lived a different life. Right? <laughs> We're but, glad um, that you're on the path that you're yeah. on. <laughs> hey, man, it's, I, look, uh, what I did for a living, too, it's always like... Everybody's good at something. Yeah, exactly. Whether you ex- exploit, whether go good or bad on us, that's that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, chose the good side. That's a thing. You choose the one. They asked me to do like different license plates, also, you know, and a bunch of like product set design. So uh, they off uh, the casting director was like, "Hey, they're casting for this role." You know, he was always promoting local artists, and I was he was he asked me if he wanted if I wanted to audition, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, hell yeah, let's let's do it." And I honestly wasn't expecting much, but again, the fact of the production side of things and also trying to bring a story to life. I, I gave it my best shot. And if not, then I was still going to be part of the production, but on the art department. And uh, he called me a week later and he's like, Hey, you beat everybody out of LA that auditioned for this role. All right, so talk about that. When you walk in, is it, cause you know, you got UFC fighters are walking to the cage. You got, I mean, it's the level of anxiety that goes into anything that you're trying to be really good at is equal. I feel Yeah. it, it goes, it, it goes with the perception of the fighter. So, I mean, when yeah, you're walking yeah. in there for your first audition, we're just like, well, I, you know, I mean, what, what was it? What do you, what do you even do? The good thing about this one is, so most auditions are, yeah, especially before COVID, you'd have to go in and, you know, audition in front of like a couple of directors or producers uh, or casting directors. But for this one, they sent me the sides, which is like a portion of the script. And I just, they, they wanted like a virtual, uh, you know, a videotaped audition. And then they brought me in. Um, so it was honestly just me. I just had to record it, kind of like slate my name, slate, slate my height, where I lived and just do the performance, but without anybody, you know, like I was acting yeah. like I was talking to Daniel Radcliffe, you know, so it was just like that performance, but I had to do it by myself. And, uh, yeah, that's how I got that one. <laughs> that's awesome. So I, in the business, it works. Just one leads to the other. It's like a growth thing, right? Prove yourself. There's no small parts, just small actors. I've always heard that. Is that that's kind of the case, yeah. right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and it, it all leads on from there on. It's like, you know, you, you build a network, and then people start knowing you. People start recognizing you. And it's the same thing with, like, the set design, you know? The, the good work I did as a designer for that film led on me to just finish up another uh, movie in Arkansas with John Malkovich and Martin Lawrence called Mind Cage. And that was just because they loved the work I did, you know? So it was, it's just word of mouth from then on. Oh, it's its own world. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why we call them the stars up there. It's the city of yeah. angels. I mean, it is its yeah. own world. That was some of the best times of my life when I was up there. We're getting to work mm-hmm. with and do all that. Yeah. And when you're talking about, I didn't know any of this. Hollywood mm-hmm. doesn't let you know all this. I mean, like, if, yeah. you, if you're not in there, you can't appreciate that the, the world that goes on behind the people on the screen, like from sound production, electrical, engineering, people yeah. who move the equipment. I mean, it's its own living thing. And to watch the snack that. snack carts. Yeah, yeah, just a snack cart. Yeah. There's snack carts. From ca- catering <laughs> to, to uh, costume design, I had a blast with every. I got to hang out with all of them. I mean, I made oh. a point to go around just to figure out, like, man, what's your freaking world like? It's like this. And uh, crafty comes. Man, bro, I'll tell you what. That's why it's so tough up there. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, you do have to, whether you know this or not, very rarely do you get, like, somebody who rolls in, like a Josh Hartnett. I, yeah. I specifically remember him kind of hearing about him just rolling in and being, like, good. Like, you get the first part, and then it just kind of takes off. Normally, you yeah. got to bust your ass. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you bust, and starting at a young age. <clears throat> I, and I, yeah. I witnessed that. I saw that for, for firsthand. But the ones that stick around and make it, like Peter Berg, the guy I got a chance to, to live with, he, he's been there since he was a boy. And a lot of them people, you know, they just grow up in the life. So, I, yeah, it's, it's cool, man. Y'all keep that from everybody. Yeah. Rightfully <laughs> so, but it, it, it was cool. Yeah, no, the life is different for sure. <laughs> so one, one part leads to the other. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, how do you know what to pick? Do you pick with because projects. like when what projects to pick? How do you how do you follow that? Do you go with, with what? I think they pick you. Yeah. Well, at first, I mean, at first, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At first, but then afterwards, when you get, yeah. you know, well, you, I mean, at first, especially like when you're trying to make it, like when you're just like for me, you know, when I first got my first role, my first break or whatever, it's like whatever your agent sends you, you know, whatever opening is in that you would fit. Um, you know, maybe it's not something you particularly. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about right there. How do you know that, like, hey, I don't know if I should do this because 20 years from now, if I'm an A-list and this thing comes out, I mean, what are we talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at first, you gotta you gotta just go for it. You know, like for a couple of these uh, roles, like it might not be appealing to you, but if to make a name, you know, and yeah, to true. get more more work, you gotta you gotta go for it. There's there's no there's no stopping you at that point. And is it as, I've always wondered, I mean, I kind of felt like this, so it's a big place, but it's a small community. Meaning if you do well and you're kind of in the, in the beginning, that a lot of people were like, how am I going to get my name out? How are people going to find out? It, it just happens, right? I mean, by word of mouth down there, people talk and they're like, hey, this, per, this person gets this part. And I, I've watched them, a lot of the actors say that, like, man, I was just kind of sitting around, dude. And they hollered at me, said I did good here, which I didn't even think that I did. Yeah. So it's, it's um, like, you could start, you know, as a background artist, which is what I did, you know, like to get on stage or I mean, not on stage, but in front of the screen, like kind of get an idea of what it would be. But it doesn't always work out that way. You know, it's not because you were an extra or you were a background artist, you're, then you're going to get your break or anything. So it's it's really it kind of depends really on where you are. Hopefully you're at the right place at the right time. Um, but then also it's just that was my passion, you know, just bringing the story to life. Like I would have been okay if I was just doing the production side of things, because I would be part of bringing that, that message across that story to life, which is what I was passionate about. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Do you prefer more of the set design and the, the, the design, the back behind the scenes aspect to that, or actually being in front of the camera? It has its different beauty, like just being on screen also, because I, like I see it now also from the director for perspective, right? Sure, like what yeah. his imagery is, like what he wants uh, this scene to look like. And also you got to repeat every scene multiple times to get the different angles. So I'm like, okay, I know what he wants now, but also with regards to the design aspect um, now I'm, I'm pretty particular about if I'm creating something that's going to be like a hero image in, in the, in the film, I always kind of put like my little initial in the bottom. Like there was a pharmacy. Oh, I mean, all you artists do that. Yeah. All of y'all do yeah. that. Y'all hide that stuff yeah. in there. That's awesome. That's a little secret y'all <laughs> keep away from everybody too. It's, yeah, it's yeah. brilliant. It's brilliant, man. Some, some of y'all do real well with that. Yeah. I love that. Yes. It's been, it's been great. So you're kind of in this up and coming um, role, getting uh, these gigs or whatever, and then what happens next? Yeah, so I was flying high um, in at the beginning of 2018. So at the end of 2017, um, I was doing great. I was working at Cox Media Group in Atlanta, 
And uh, I was their uh, video producer uh, for new sports verticals. I was working with sports. Um, and then I was also doing my acting on the side. And things, I had another audition for the start of 2018. I think it was for Venom. Um, and then I grabbed my, my family clothes and at the end of 2017. And I told them, hey, this is all we've wor I've worked for. You know, like we're about to have a big year in 2018. I couldn't be happier being close and surrounded by the people that I love. And um, 2018 came around in January 2000, I mean, no, January 12th, 2018, I was driving down to see my girlfriend at the time at college. And then I was gonna go to Savannah to see my family, but a drunk driver driving westbound on eastbound lanes hit me head on going over 70. And then he spun me around and a big rig going over 70 hit me head on as well. And that's when my life went black and uh, I don't remember anything for the next two weeks. Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine. That's one of my biggest fears driving is just some rogue car. Wrong, wrong side? Yeah, on the wrong side. I we're, We live in a rural area, and so there's no median or anything. And I'm always so scared that when we turn a curvy road that there's going to be something in our lane. It's just one of my biggest fears. No, and it, it, and it was a, a Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. So it was a long weekend. Yeah. And my mom had told me not to come down and visit her because she was she's always scared about like, uh, you know, driving on highways and everything. So she was like, there's probably bound to be drunk people on the road. But I didn't listen. I had driven down I-16 like hundreds of times. So I was like, I got this. But I didn't expect any of this to happen. Gosh. So what it looked like when you when you were driving down, they were coming at you. They're just in the opposite lane. Is that what you was it? Did a, you was see it? Two, it? two lane or four lanes split or how that work? There's two lanes, the median. And right. Yeah. Yeah. Two yeah, more yeah. 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 Westbound. Um, but no, I the car in front of me veered drastically. Oh, okay. Left. So check. You got something in front of you. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, that's how you know you weren't behind. I. I'm kind of upfront about this. It's how you know God steps into your life, puts you on a different path, right? You, when you, when that, the way you just explained that scenario and the way that was set up, I mean, you could have done nothing. Yeah. It's long for the ride. That's how you know. Yeah. Something in front of you and something coming down, a two-lane split road. No, no, no. Right? So you, this is what makes you stronger. There's only one way to get you this way. Right? Yeah. And I, I, after going through a lot of the stuff that I went through, I it kind of came to me and was like, hey, man, we picked that for ourselves. That's how freaking tough you are. Yeah. Like, I had to go through my stuff because I picked it for myself just to test yeah. myself because you don't get battle weakened, man. You get battle hardened. Exactly. And I've seen enough of the, that kind of stuff go down. When you explain it like that, oh, man, there was something in front of me. I had no feeling. He's like, dude, are, are you kidding me? It wasn't like you weren't paying yeah. attention. It was like yeah, you were running, like, running your line. That's it. Yeah. I tried to veer right at, like, the last second, but it was, it was too it was too late, uh, oh you know, gosh. because the car, the car in front of me almost hit them, but I, I was the one to take the full, full blow. So when you were out for two weeks, you remember any of it? No. Uh, and the thing is, the paramedics say I coded on them several times. While oh, nice. Good for you, man. You went all the way down? Yeah. So I went, I went all the way down <laughs> and then. Uh, well done. Then I, Most people don't come back from that. Yeah, no, and then I coded again once I got to the hospital, which is why everybody was amazed because they're like, coding after a brain injury, uh, like normally you can't come back. You know, you normally don't come back. Sure. And I think I came back like five times. Well, so, freaking hardcore, bro. Uh, I don't remember the accident, which I don't have that trauma, you know, to drive again or flashback. 
And then I don't remember if when, you know, life left me, if I, you know, saw anything or if there was a flashing of my life or anything. Uh, so that, that part of my memory is, is dark. Yeah, it just got bright, and then you woke up, right? And that's, I mean, think about that, too. The fact that you don't have to remember that part, you don't have to remember that part. That's a blessing. Yeah, it I mean, is. I mean, that's a, that's a freaking blessing. Yeah. Because then, then you just, just push in. It's like, hey, man, I went down, I came back up twice. And then you coded. Good job. So they set your battery down and your engine down. Yep. That's a full reboot. Yeah. Full reboot. Like, I, I, yeah, that's what I say. I'm like, if life had a reset button, I... I fucking pressed it, bro. That's that. That's what that is, man. I, I we know. I know enough. Uh, oh, there's enough of us around now to know that's yeah. what that is. It's better than living in fear. Like, if you did remember any of that, you would have just this innate fear and trauma inside that now you you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, and I was curious about it. I was like, why can't oh, I? Sure, remember? Yeah, right. Like, let me let me drive down this road again. Let's see if anything comes back. But nothing ever did, and. I'm okay with it now. Like, I'm like, you know what? Let's move on. Like, yeah. it's done. So how did you, what was your physical injuries other than, I mean, obviously you've had the brain injuries. Were any bones broken or anything? Everything in my face was broken. My right arm uh, got paralyzed because the nerves got ripped out. Uh, or I don't know if they got ripped out or severed. What were you driving? But, um, what were you riding in? I was driving a brand new Toyota Camry. So I think it was a 2017 Toyota Camry. That's what saved your life. Freaking Camrys will stay on the road forever. Yeah. Then, <laughs> I mean, I normally, you know, don't, yeah. I, I normally don't acknowledge cars on, on, here, on here the air, but I, I'm just here to tell you that the freaking Camrys, they're a thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel no, that's, that's a thing, right? <laughs> that was, but no, my uh, femur was protruding on my left leg. I had a torn PCO, and I think I had other torn ligaments in my right leg. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, my right arm was paralyzed, and then everything and my face was broken and split in half. Uh, mm. When the paramedics came and tried to extricate, they said that I was spitting everything out, like my teeth and my jaw was like hanging. So, um, and that's when I went back and thanked them for everything. Like that, I, I asked them what happened, like, how'd you guys find me? Um, and then they explained everything to me. Oh my God. So you had a compound femur fracture? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, that big bone in your leg and your thigh bone is called a femur. And when that sucker breaks and comes out, it sounds like a bazooka going off it is the most you'll never forget it when you hear it hey and well done man i mean to get your ass whipped so bad when you're spitting teeth and your jaws dragging i'm I'm, you know i I know what that's like man yeah and when you come back from something like that just think if you're down here to take take that kind of pain i'm sorry that's how it's ingrained in my head so when i see something like me whether you know it or not that's like a rite of passage i mean it's true it truly is for us I'm the opposite. Yeah. It makes me want to vomit just thinking. <laughs> yeah, I'm married my opposite, like, by the way. I'm so <laughs> opposite. Like, I have, like, shivers going down my I mean, spine. I need to I patch you up with the Nitro Circus Boys so we yeah. can have a competition who's had their ass with the most, man, because there's a no, bunch of people are like, because my mom's right. the same way. My mom's right. the same way. Yeah. Like, when I tell her, no, no, I'm battle-tested now. You know, like, Boom, I can do right everything. there. I can do everything. And she's like, oh, 
no, no. And then when I tell her, oh, you remember like when my femur was back out, like protruding out of my leg, she's like, no, 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 don't tell me. I don't yeah. want to remember. I'm, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. My, yeah, I, I cannot hear the details. I mean, Marcus has been through enough and it all just grosses me out so bad. I'm like, okay, we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why I get so excited when somebody walks in the door <laughs> I can relate to. I'm like, hey, remember that? How bad that freaking hurts? <sighs> what was it? What was it like when you did wake up? I mean, did you at that point have any idea where you were at or what was going on? No, because um, I woke up at, well, I was I was conscious at some point, but not that I remember. Did they put you um, in a coma? I'm sorry, did they put you in a coma or did you go Did you go into one? I, I want to say it was an induced coma yeah, after check. they stabilized me. Right, right. Um, but I don't remember, I'm not 100% sure. And then I woke up when I was already at Shepherd Center uh, that I was conscious and I could actually remember. And I couldn't move my right arm. So one of my friends brought me a white erase board to so see if I can move my left hand. And then I learned how to write with my left hand. And the first thing I wrote was, uh, where am I and how did I get here? Because I, I didn't know. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't recall, I didn't remember anything. Um, and then slowly things started coming back and I started piecing pieces together um, to kind of formulate what was my life now. That's so crazy. How long were you in the hospital? Uh, three months. My gosh. That's almost long enough. Yeah, that's when you're. That's like, when you start okay. getting tired of being in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, talk about it, it's like yeah, it's pretty cool, but, you know, but not yeah. You know. mm, and then afterwards, little... it's it's just kind of like uh, we we don't lot people don't talk about that man. And this isn't on the hospitals, but like the, if you go see your buddy or, and you got to stay in the hospital, going getting checked into the hospital is one thing. Going to visit and hang out and trying to sleep there that's why the beds are so uncomfortable. They don't want you guys to stay in there. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Like, they even yeah, get tired of us being in there. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. But. Uh, it's nothing on them. I get it. I, I, I truly, like, I spend a lot of time in the hospital. I mean, we're, we're real yeah. close, me in the hospitals. But I, I, uh, <laughs> there My are gosh. times when I'm laying in there, I'm like, man, I wish I'd donate a lot of money and get these beds comfortable. But then, like, you don't want them comfortable because you don't want my ass staying in there. Oh. Yeah, but that, no, that's, that's the whole reason why they're like that. You that's know, like, exactly. That's, that's the whole reason. Purpose. They, don't, they will never pictures. say that, but that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, I saw pictures of, like, my family and – Literally, they were sprawled out either on the floor or like laying on two beds. Like it was so uncomfortable to even just look at, but they never left. And, uh, you know, for that, I'm here. <laughs> that's, what you, that's how you know someone loves you. Yeah. You, that's the you only way your... you can test it is if your ass is parked. If, if you look up and you're in a hospital and you look up, whoever is in there mm -hmm. laying around like that, that's your, that's your partners. That's <laughs> true love because that is pure misery. Marcus had a back yeah. surgery when I was like eight months pregnant. It was and awesome. He, um, there was no, they weren't, the room wasn't meant for guests. It didn't have a chair or a bed or anything. And I slept on the floor, big belly pregnant for like oh four God. days. Yeah, they put me in those special guarded yeah. rooms. So I, I, I tried to get out of the bed. Yeah. I think I remember doing this and I was trying to give her the bed. Uh, yeah, he tried to give me the bed. I'm like, Stop. sweet. I don't really remember that, but I'm pretty sure um, I did it there, right? No, he, could, he had a surgery where they went in through his stomach and his back to put a cage Oh, on yeah, they fillet me now. It's, all, it's yeah. great. I got you the, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm here with you, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I slept on that floor <laughs> pregnant. Right. That's how I knew she was like ride or die hardcore. Belly pregnant. There's a couple of tests she went through where I was like, mama freaking hardcore, man. <laughs> Yeah. It's ride or die. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so when you were in the hospital, what kept you going? What made you want to keep fighting? That's a great question. Um, yeah, was your girlfriend around? You had just visited her. 
Yeah. So my my brain injury, it's hard to explain to somebody, you know, what a brain injury is unless they've gone through it. And I know everybody's different, but for me, it it was like a scratch disc. Like all I remember was I was going down to see my girlfriend and that's all that I was kept replaying. I kept replaying. So for me, like if I loved her before, like that exponentially grew just because my emotions were running rampant. And uh, she was the only thing I wanted. And part, partly also because that was the one thing in my life that hadn't changed, supposedly, right? Like I, I wanted that to stay the same because all I saw, all I could see was her, right? Like my family was there and so they stayed and I, that stayed the same, but I just couldn't see it because of my brain injury and uh, all I focused was on her. And that's, that's why I kept pushing myself and I was like, I'm going to make it out for you, for me, for us. And I had already told her that I wanted to get married and she had already said, I love you. I want to get married too. So I was like, if we can make it out of this, there's nothing we can't do. You know, there's nothing we can't accomplish together. And so that was my, my primary goal. Like I was like, I'm gonna get out of here for us. You know, it, even if my life felt meaningless at the time, you know, like having her there and having something to reach forward to, even if in the end, you know, it was, it wasn't really real, you know, it, it kept pushing me. Yeah. And uh, hey, for that, tell you something. this whole place was built because of women. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Joe, we'll do anything to get that done. <laughs> Go through any kind of hell to keep. I get yeah. that. That's how yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That that feeling that comes. I know exactly what this is, and it's an, an insatiable appetite. Yeah. But your willingness to just do whatever to make it to keep keep them online, even if they're not around. They got that's a special whatever that is they throw on us, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something special. <laughs> That's a superpower that they don't talk about. So did she stay around? Uh, so she stayed around, but it was because she didn't want to go live with her family. And I had told her, hey, come over and, and you can live with me, you know, because I, I knew I needed help. Uh, you know, as bad as I didn't want to admit it, like I knew I needed help. I knew my mom knew my family knew I needed help. But she slowly she started saying, you know, I stayed with you because I I didn't want to live with my family and you're closer to school, you know, cause she was still going to go do her master's or doctor. I took it as a joke, you know, cause I, I thought I, she's got to be joking, but in the end, you know, every joke has a little ounce of truth in it. So little by little life is like, not without a sense of irony. Yeah. My gosh. How did you take that? Horrible. It was like another two trucks to the face. And the thing was that the, the day she broke it off the day before I had to go see the drunk driver and had to go to his criminal trial. It was the first time I was going to meet with him, talk with him. I had written to the judge asking him to let me record the interaction because I wanted to do a book. I wanted to eventually also turn into a documentary to help others, you know, navigate through these, their darkest moments. And so I wrote to the judge and I was like, Hey, let me go. Let me, can I please record our interaction? Um, but I, because I had my anger had simmered down slightly. But once she left, it was like boiling all over again. And my family was scared I was going to do something stupid, too, when I saw him. I bet. Uh, That's crazy. So all right. How did that go, yeah, go when you went to see him? So I don't know if I told you guys, but uh, I'm from El Salvador. <laughs> I did tell you. <laughs> but uh, this guy, he was also from El Salvador. Oh, and wow. my family, he was from where I was like growing up and Not from the same town. I don't know if it was the same town, but like in the same city. Yeah. And, and um, 
we had never really hung out with Salvadorans because, you know, everybody had like a negative connotation, you know, like all gang members or whatever. So my mom always kind of like helped us try to shine a better light on Latinos, especially from El Salvador. And then we try to avoid all the hurt, the pain back home. And then we come around and it's like full circle. And then this guy, this individual who I had never met before is drunk driving and hits me. So like the first thing I, I said, I said to him was like the last thing I ever wanted to see was somebody from my country behind bars. And that's when I broke down. Like, I don't think it would have mattered if he had been American, African-American, a different culture, but it was just like pouring salt on the wound, you know, like trying to be, I was, I was always trying to be the opposite of what he had become and just watching him come in orange jumpsuit, my height, my build. It was just like a mirror image. If I had not chosen the path that my parents had, you know, Oh, you ran into yourself. Okay. I get what you did. Yeah. That, all right. That's pretty deep, bro. It's really deep. Oh, yeah. Did the judge let you record that interaction or? He did. He did. And I, I spoke with him and uh, he, my mom was brought, was there with me and best believe she wasn't going to let anything slide. She, I went out, broke down and I couldn't continue because I was crying nonstop. She uh, poured out, put, she pulled out some pictures she had brought of me before the accident and she threw it on the, on the table in front of him. And he's, she said, how do you give that back to me? That's my son. And then he started tearing up and spoke speaking to her in Spanish, which his attorney didn't know any Spanish, but he kind of let us slide. He kind of let us speak, which for that, I'm grateful. And he just said, I have two daughters and I would hate them just like you do if something like that happened to them because of me. So uh, I accept whatever responsibility to make you guys at least, you know, find some peace. And I was, that's where we parted. I'm crying. <laughs> oh, you can't hold on to it. Oh my gosh. Well, at least he owned up to it. Yeah. And then his his mom and, and sister came up to me after the trial. And I, I wasn't expecting to find any peace or, you know, any justice, not peace, justice, just because I wanted my life back and nobody could give me that back. Um, so I just kind of wanted to say my part, you know, like this guy I had never met before. I never even spoken to him. And all my life, like all this time, my life had felt like an interrupted conversation, you know, like I, I was making a statement with my life and then just got cut off abruptly. So going and talking to him and facing that demon helped me kind of put that period at the end. And that's really all I wanted from that. Whatever judgment came down, it wasn't going to give me peace. It wasn't going to give me justice. I just kind of wanted to finish that. And so I grabbed my mom and we walked off the courthouse and I, I wouldn't have wanted to do it with anybody else, you know, that my girlfriend wasn't there. It didn't mean anything at that point. Like I was there with the people who really were there for me through it all. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so powerful. So well, it's crazy too. To, I mean, the, there at times you think, man, that's, you got that, that hurt on. And then we're here now. And you're like, Hey, I was thankful for it. Yeah. So it's like, crazy how once I got back, then I'd have to, cause I had, I finished that, you know, I finished. What was his sentence? Did he get charged? I think he got eight 
but he had been serving two by the time the criminal trial came around. So he was only going to serve six more, I believe, if I'm correct. Um, and for that, I was already mad. Like, I was like, that's not justice for me. Like, I've lost four years of my life. Well, now. So I was like, this guy's only going to serve another four. Like, it, it just didn't. It seemed ironic because I was like, I coded. Does that mean he's going to get charged for, uh, you know, vehicle uh, homicide or whatever you call it? And then no, because yeah. I came back. Right. So um, it just <laughs> if I had stayed down, then yeah. But no. Oh, my gosh. So they wouldn't deport him for that? I think they, that's the plan. I think they are going to deport him after he uh, he serves his sentence. I think I think that was that, that was the room. So after all that, I mean, what kept you moving forward? Because, I mean, like you said, losing your girlfriend throughout that period, I mean, that's got to be kind of like a low blow. You know, I feel like at that point you kind of – it would be – I don't want to give up, you know, like, I think that's like the natural thing. It's just like, well, crap, like, what am I doing here? Oh, it's kicking the nuts. It's like kicking the nuts, beat, right? Beat to death. So like, like, <laughs> take that with you. It's yeah, like, God, dang. So like, it, what yeah. did you do to like push past that piece? Yeah. Cause I was, I was, I was kind of like, like I said, you know, my, my anger against life, against life, like the universe and everything, like it had simmered down, but then now it was like an all consuming fire again. And uh, it, it was like starting over, you know, and <laughs> It, it just it was painful. Um, I thought I had stopped crying, but no, I kept crying after that. And then um, my family never left. And, uh, you know, I they kind of showed me what true love actually was, you know, and I, I say that my story, I, I thought it was going to end with, you know, true love conquers everything. You know, me and my girlfriend stay together. But the true love I meant was um, my family and me, you know, like uh, the love between a, a father and his son, a mother and his, his, her child and a sister and her brother, you know, like that was the love that got me through it. And so I knew I couldn't break down for them seeing all their sacrifice. So their sacrifice gave my life meaning, even when my life felt meaningless at the time. And so I was like, I got to continue, you know, I came this far and I, I, before the accident had gotten to where I was, you know, not with anybody's help, but just through my work, through my parents' belief in me. And so I was like, none of that has changed. You know, the person I was before is still inside me. So I know I can still get to where I was. And I've always been one of those determined people that won't stop until he gets it done. And that kind of kept me pushing forward. And once I saw I could run, I was like, no, we're going to do more. We're going to go sprint. We're going to keep uh, pushing ourselves. And that, at the end of the day, that's what got me back to where I am. That's so, so awesome. I, let me that drive you had in the beginning when, when, when you were a kid pushed you mm -hmm. in the direction. And, now, and compared to the one you have now, what, explain those two. What's the difference? It's, it's more intense. It's a different I, kind of fuel, right? It, it, or a, a, it, a different it, kind of flame. It's like blue, right? It, it burns. Yeah. And I, I, I used to say this every now and again. I was like, man, I, it switched me from running on a red flame to a blue one. Oh my God, that's like the best, the best analogy. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I can't yeah. shut it down. It's always there. And man, as soon as it gets turned on, it's freaking hot. Yeah. Now it's, it's, it's like, it's more, it's more intense, yeah, way it's, more it's, intense. It's like, it's different. like, or it was, it was, it was running hot, you know, like, just like you said, but now it's like with a, a different fire, you know, yeah. like there's nothing I know that's going to keep me down. There's always, there's always something I'm chasing, you know? Do you have, have you gotten gone through different therapies for your traumatic brain injury? Yeah. Um, so I went, I've had every kind of therapy uh, you can imagine, but after a while I stopped going to therapy. Uh, I mean, they cleared me to stop going to therapy. And then it was just my brain 
hemorrhage the the blood that it was hemorrhaging it just had to be absorbed by my body and that's when the once it was done that's when my brain injury had healed and I, I i wasn't getting headaches or migraines every time so thankfully that that ended around 2020 mid 2020 i want to say hey you came online just in the craziness huh yeah <laughs> <laughs> good for you you're an overachiever came in early yeah you got here early congratulations yeah. all right so i, I mean that, that is the whole time you're sitting, you got you have traumatic brain injury. I mean, I'm looking for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you did well. Yeah, you look really and that, good. And that drive that that capacitates that whole feeling, man. It's just, bro, oh, that's that determination you got, man. It pays off. You can see it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, when did you um, decide to write the book? The book, um, I, I got to give credit to Mama Perez. <laughs> Perez. 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 <laughs> Yes, it's a real thing, man. They don't like it, it when you don't say idea. it right. It was her idea, um, and for her, it was. She never thought it was like, you know, like I was going to publish it. Um, well, she never doubted that I would, but she that wasn't her intention at first, right? She just told me to start writing everything down. Just when she saw how angry I was, how frustrated, depressed I was, um, you know, just with life, God, everything, I just. I, she told me to sit down and write it, you know, just write down all my feelings, all my emotions. She thought that eventually I could turn it into a book, but for her, it was more like it was going to serve as a catharsis, I guess, for my broken soul and just kind of help put the pieces together. That worked? And it worked. It, it does, worked. right? Yeah, That's yeah. the same thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? He writes everything <laughs> down. I, yeah. I, I write every day. All right, you know that. You know what? That's probably an exaggeration. I probably write every other day, sometimes every day. I'll, I'll journal, write something down for sure. And and I you always you've heard this over time. I, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, hey man, you if you keep that stuff in there, it'll stay in there. If you yeah. write it down, or if you speak it out and openly talk about it, it'll it comes out. Yeah, and you instantly feel better. Mm. You can you can capture that weight and keep it in there. Yeah, but if it's still rotating in your brain, yeah, if it's, yeah you need that. That's what that means. Yeah, you have to let you it gotta go. let it out. <laughs> yeah, that was something I, I didn't I didn't I didn't do before, right? And, and nobody I, I knows that. No one tells yeah, you to do that. And I had heard it, but I hadn't tried it, you know, and because before my accident, like I, I didn't need it. Like all my emotions were kept in check. That's right. like, I would work out. I would go write some music. I, there was there was no time where I was like feeling any emotion, you know, like that I couldn't control. But now after this, I couldn't go work out. I, felt, I was basically motionless. I couldn't sing. My mouth was wired shut. You know, like I couldn't do anything. So it was like the only thing I can do is kind of help put everything on paper and not even on paper because I had to type it with my left hand, but it was just putting it down, putting all those thoughts, all those feelings down. And then after my girlfriend left, I was like, no, I got I got to write this. Out. I got to get this out of my chest, off my chest. Um, and speaking with my mom helped, but also putting it down on words and on paper, like it just, it, it just helped me heal, you know? I, so a lot of my therapy when I got back is I would rewatch the movies that I grew up on. They kind of got me the way into where I was I was supposed to be. And if I yeah. got hurt and when I would get injured, I'd go back in there and rewatch them. It's almost <laughs> as if, and this is a, one of the best parts about having the actors and the stars around, yeah. and the people in, on the in between because they'll they'll write out what they see in us and they'll write those stories out. And if you can watch yourself or watch somebody doing that, it yeah. alleviates a lot of stress. For whatever reason, when we can watch our counterpart going through something and be like, "Oh, mm-hmm. I can do that," or, or "Oh, it looked like that," or this, that, and the other, make it, there's a, it's like I said, it's kind of lethargic, and but it's also therapeutic. It's a, yeah, it's an in between. Yeah, but eventually it clears everything out. So you mentioned you were mad at God during this whole process. Did you ever get over that? 
I did. I did. But it, it was a long time. It was a long journey because I guess the whole time, the question, you know, and I'm sure everybody's ha- asked this, you know, when something bad happens. But for me, it was just like, why? Why me? You know, like why? I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't even having fun. You know, I was driving. I was just driving. And like why me was the thing that was constantly on my mind and not just mine, you know, my mom's, my dad's, my family's. Uh, so I, I knew I wasn't the only one having a struggle with my faith at that time. Uh, my mom was going through something probably even worse just because everything she believed in, you know, had been basically broken just because all she ever asked for was for God to take care of her family, you know, and her children. She lived and died for her children. Um, and so she, she didn't know why the same reason, you know, like why me? And so little by little, um, I started seeing that I wasn't alone, you know, on this, on this ride, on this journey. Um, yeah, what happened to me was unfair, you know, but I survived. And I, I figured as long as there's some breath left in me, you know, you, I still have the possibility to live a beautiful life. And despite all the trauma and scars, and that's what I told the drunk driver when I saw him, you know, I was like, it's, with the decisions you make that matter. And so take responsibility for what you want. I mean, for what you did. And so I'm, I was going to take responsibility of where I was and where I wanted to be and get myself there again. So you, you, did you get the answer? Why me? I you did. Me tell you, I, I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Are you ready? Yeah. Cause you're the one that was supposed to take it. You're the only <laughs> one down there that could have done that Yeah. and come out with the fortitude to, to turn it back around for something good. Yeah. Why not? You, you were the one that was designed for it. Yeah, that that's how that works, man. It's like I, it's like I wasn't doing nothing wrong. Yeah, because you're a great guy. You're the you're the symbol and the light for that that environment. There has to be something for someone to look for people in that environment to look to. Who yeah. more than someone who's articulate and can can take the pain? And I get that drunk driver like, man, who's the one that had to carve you up? Hey, I I still think about the ones that had to carve me up. Yeah. And I, I look at it, man, I can look at it in bad ways. They beat me down. Or I can look at it like they cut me up into this. Exactly. They cut that, off the excess and they, this now. is what came out of there. Well, and how I look at it is like God was showing you, you had this intense, what you thought, this intense idea of what you thought love was. Mm-hmm. And coming out on the other side, you realized what you thought love was with your girlfriend was absolutely not love. You, mm-hmm. The love was really always there with your right. family and that's god's love they showed you god's love she wasn't showing you god's love yeah 100 percent. and that's where i'm where i'm at right now you know like i realized that i was the only one that would well i, I don't want to like toot my own horn right but i'm saying like i was made made to you know take this and oh we'll do it for you <laughs> yeah you that, were that, that's why that's why i show up yeah. if you hadn't yeah. figured that out yet all right that's what i'm for yeah yeah. i have recognized yeah. it when someone's had their ass whipped forgotten country yeah. man whether <laughs> whether you signed up to be in the arena or not just being in here on yeah. earth signed you up for that and we never know what it's going to play out how it's going to play what which one we're going to do what role you're going to pick well, and we always yeah. have get free choice. For. We have free choice. God gives us free choice. And so we can choose to sit and waller in anger and right. confusion and fear and all of that. Or we can choose to believe that he gave, He has a purpose for us, even though we don't know what it is at that moment. Right. But we can use our situation to help people that might be going through something similar. And that's what you're doing with this book is you're – wanting other people that have been in bad circumstances to see you can 
conquer this and you yeah. can fight to live and who cares if you lose a girlfriend who cares if you know yeah. things might be a little different or whatever but you still come out stronger on the other side yeah and like for me like the whole the whole aspect of uh me being the one to take this like a, a couple of people that were driving behind me got in touch with my sisters in the hospital and they were like we were riding with uh, children in the back who I don't think would have made it if we had gotten hit. <laughs> well, there and you so go. Afterwards, I didn't even know that. After, you're, after, you're definitely you know, looking for your answer. This, after they told me this, I was like, no, I, I, the way it sucks that I took the hit, you know, in the, if in the end I, I helped save a life or I helped so, save somebody, then, you know, it's worth it. It was worth it, you know, and I, thankfully I came out at the end, you know, and now, now I'm unbreakable. That's you know, awesome. that's kind of a straight gate to heaven. <laughs> save some kids. <laughs> Yeah, right. Dang it. Oh, I feel pretty reassuring walking around down here now, knowing you got that merit badge. Got a free pass. Yeah. What am I talking about? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. oh, well, who is this guy? What are you even talking about? And you got a blessing along with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that makes me cry. That's awesome, man. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Thank you. Well, thank you're you. welcome. All right. Yeah. No. How? How? All right. Tell us where people can find you and how they can follow you. Yeah, I, so I'm you've got still this putting your book. story together in my head, man. Yeah. Well, you know, well done. But the way you've that got this book now, and mm-hmm. you're, are you? Where can people buy that? They can buy it online on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, um, uh, Books a Million, anywhere online. Uh, Amazon would probably be the easiest, just because <laughs> they're so quick. Um, and then they can find me on Instagram, Twitter at Caesar Perez Fit. Um, I. I was a fitness fanatic. I still am. So that's why I had the username. Yeah. And uh, I will be putting out some music alongside of it because um, during the book, you know, writing music was my was my therapy, you know. And even though I couldn't play at the time, uh, all the lyrics and all the emotions I was feeling, I knew was a once in a lifetime kind of thing. And like I said, I've always liked getting a message across and I do it through music, you know, through graphics, video, all of it. So that's it's coming awesome. out. Love that. Bless your brother, man. Thanks yeah. for coming on here and being a part of that. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for taking it mm-hmm. and no, turning it around you. in a good way. I mean, it's always a it's something to see y'all. Are yeah, you gonna? I'm excited. This this book is just a stepping stone for a lot of bigger projects, uh, and hopefully, I uh, I can share them with you guys in a little bit. <laughs> Are you uh, gonna we'll do back. a documentary? That's that's exactly what's on the on yeah. the books on the projects, and I I, I just have everything, you know, like. I, my family and everybody like doc- documented everything, which I didn't know about, but now I'm grateful for it. Cause now I can like put my journey together. Like well, this sure. is a movie script in itself, you know? Well, it's, you got the background for it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a great path. I mean, it was already yeah. set up for you and then you had to go through the transition. Now you come back around, you already got the skill set. Yeah. Well, so give I'm your excited. mom and your sisters <laughs> a hug from me. Yeah, keep us posted to it. We'll, <laughs> those we'll, uh, are my kind of people. <laughs> we'll let everybody know. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you guys for having me. Truly, it was a blessing. And they yeah. share, share the same last name. You don't think that they're related? Well, I'm sure <laughs> DNA-wise, they way They say it the same back. way somewhere. <laughs> I don't care how far back you go. I'm just telling you, that's I'm pretty that's sure the thing. there's that's... like... Three million pettas. They're all related. They're all related. related. That's why we got last names. (laughs) I can't stress that enough. We were our last name was so cool and so unique until we, you know, I realized now there's like so many millions. (laughs) Y'all are part of that big family. That name's even in the Bible. I mean, in (laughs) in Texas alone, like it's a very common. Yeah. They're everywhere. I love when I run into them because I'll yell at them now. I'm like, you're my family? You better get your ass out of here. They're probably cousins. We're probably cousins. That's right. yeah. We're cousins. You're my cousin. You better get your ass out of here. 
Thank oh, you. Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing yeah, your story. We appreciate it. God bless you, man. Hug your family. They're awesome. Yes. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, guys. All right, bye.